If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our Spring Fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldfair.com. See you there. Want a website with unmatched power, speed and control? Try Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost, built for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, incredible load times, and 24-7 WordPress priority support, your sites will be lightning fast with global reach. And with Bluehost Cloud, your sites can handle surges in traffic no matter how big. Plus, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. Get started now at Bluehost.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. How to Grow Potatoes, an easy-to-follow tea break tutorial with me, Alan Titchmarsh. You say potato, I say potato. You say tomato. Well, no, actually, I do say potato and tomatoes will be subject of another podcast later in the year. Potatoes. Spuds, tatties, taters, whatever you like to call them, these tasty, nutritious tubers are one of the most popular veg grown in the UK and one that the Gardener's World magazine team get asked the most questions about. They are such a central part of British culture and cookery. It's easy to forget that they're not native to these shores. They originate in Peru. They were popular with the Incas. I don't think they had French fries. They're like gold, only tastier. The Spanish conquistadors brought them to Europe in the 1570s, and Sir Francis Drake or Sir Walter Raleigh or oh, Sir Thomas Harriot, they're all credited with bringing them to this country in around the 1560s, 70s and 80s. But like many addictive American imports, <laughs> potatoes quickly became hugely popular in the British eyes. Well, it's easy to see why, isn't it? I mean, nutritionally, potatoes pack a punch. They're high in energy. 
vitamins, a bit of protein, no fat. They are a great staple food and they're cheap to produce. A friend of mine says you should never say cheap, you should say inexpensive. Big rewards for little outweigh. It's win-win-win, isn't it, really? So in this tea break tutorial, I'm going to talk through the essentials of growing potatoes from plot to plate or from chitting to chipping if you like. We'll discuss how to tell your earlies from your main crops and your charlottes from your King Edwards. I'll also give you ideas of some more unusual varieties to try and some troubleshooting suggestions for some common potato problems. I remember them as I remember most veg from my granddad's allotment. There, he grew all kinds of them in rows, first early, second early, his main crop, one after another after another, to make sure the family was self-sufficient in spuds right the way through the winter. And my lovely black and white cat, if you may remember from Gardener's World, he was called Spud. I remember one Gardener's World programme where I was planting potatoes um, and kneeling down on my veg patch and Spud came and leapt onto my shoulders while I was planting. It was kept in, of course. They quite like things like that. Uh, I grow them now on my veg patch and, and it, I have... Uh, not a large veg patch, but sort of four main beds. And one of them, although I do always rotate it, is always given over to potatoes. We love them. And I don't see why I should grow vegetables that I feel I ought to grow, but which we don't like eating. And there's something incredibly exciting about growing a potato. Yes, I know that main crops, you know, the big ones that get you right the way through the winter that you can do a jacket potato of or make wonderful roast potatoes, they're very inexpensive in the shops but there's an enormous satisfaction in growing your own and you can grow a variety whose flavour you adore nothing for me will ever beat a roast potato and I can cook them myself just in case you ask a bit of recipe later on <laughs> but I really do enjoy eating them they're very accommodating you can grow spudge in, in your veg patch in a, an allotment. You can feel if you want to set up a chip shop or a bag of compost. I mean, you can start half a dozen spuds off in half a sack of peat-free multipurpose compost and grow your own spuds. There is no feeling like it. I'm saying that now because I'm just about to eat some for my supper. And there's loads of varieties that will crop well in containers or bags. And if you haven't got space or you haven't got an allotment, um, you can raise your bags up if you can't bend down. And uh, once they start to flower, that's when they're probably producing spuds down below the ground. What type of soil do they need? Any decent soil. What is decent soil? Well, it's not solid clay. It's not pure sand. Um, be kind to it. You can dig in a bit of well-rotted compost or manure, but I don't overdo it. If you put fresh manure down, they can get a bit iffy. Well, it's not necessary, to be absolutely honest. Decent soil will get you a decent crop of potatoes, and you can work in some organic matter from your compost heap during the winter. That will be quite enough for them. Don't use fresh manure underneath them. It just causes sort of fermentation to take place. It really isn't necessary. And when it comes to growing them in containers, good, peat-free, multi-purpose compost will suit them down to the ground. As usual, there's more information on our podcast page, so no need to scribble down the details. And that includes growing guides and much more. You can find them in our plants pages at gardenersworld.com.
When it comes to choosing your varieties, well, they're put into groups according to how long it takes them to mature to produce a decent crop. Early varieties crop the fastest. Red Duke of York, Orla, Rocket, their first earlies. Home Guard is another good one. Second earlies, my favourite variety of all, Charlotte. Ratty, that's R-A-T-T-E, Maris Pier. Main crop, they take the longest to mature, but we're only talking two or three weeks here. Things like pink fir apple, great salad potato, Desiree, that pink-skinned favourite of the supermarket, King Edward and Sarpomyra. As ever with veg, only grow what your family actually eat. Focus on main crops if you only eat jacket potatoes. Only grow earlies if salad potatoes, potato salad, is your thing. And all of them need to be grown from seed potatoes that you buy, not from those funny little sprouty things you've had underneath the sink that are left over from last year, which got these snake-like... No, because it might be tempting, but you won't get anything like the heaviness of crop, the heaviness of yield you'll get from seed potatoes. Seed potatoes generally grown in Scotland, where, oddly enough, in spite of the fact they've got lots of midges, aphid populations are, generally speaking, lower in number, so virus diseases are rarer. Seed potatoes tend to be virus-free, and that means they'll produce the heavier crop. So don't go for those little ones you found at the back of the cupboard. How do you calculate how many seed potatoes you need? Well, they'll need to be in rows about two to three feet apart. I'm afraid I work in imperial rather than metric. Yes, all right then, a metre apart. Uh, or a little bit less, actually, for the salad potatoes. Perhaps 60 centimetres apart. And they need to be spaced about a foot apart in the row. So you can work out from that how many you're going to need. Size of seed potato doesn't matter. Anything sort of like a, a hen's egg is quite large enough. The larger the seed potato, it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to produce a larger crop of spuds. So don't worry too much about that. The seed potatoes will come or you'll find them in the garden centre or the nursery and you can buy them and put them in a bag yourself. Just make sure they're firm and that there's no signs of rot, which just makes the tuber soft. Reject any that are damaged or showing signs of softness. A little bit of shrivels, all right. They've been stored, so they're going to dry out a little bit, but as long as they're not too soft and there's no holes in them to show signs of, of disease or slug damage. In the old days, they used to cut seed potatoes in half so you could get two for the price. Oh, don't bother. If life's too short to stuff a mushroom... It's too short to start slicing up your seed potatoes. What do you do with them before you plant them? Ah, this is where this mysterious activity called chitting comes into play. If you can buy your seed potatoes as early as possible in the new year, you can chit them. That's to encourage the tubers to grow those little sprouts. Now, potatoes are covered in these little things called eyes. All an eye is, is a dormant shoot. It's a tiny bud. And it's been discovered that if you can get those buds to grow to between half an inch and an inch before you plant them, they tend to crop that little bit quicker. It is not the end of the world if you plant them without them being chitted. But if you bought them in January, you might just as well do it in the hope that you'll be able to eat them quicker. Stand them in little egg boxes, if you like, because that's a good way of keeping them upright. Or you can try and balance them in a seed tray. 
If you look at a spud, you'll find it's got a belly button, it's got a navel, it's got a little tiny bit where it was joined onto its mum via a root. That's the bottom end of the potato when it comes to chitting, and the eyes will generally be more prevalent at the other end from that little tiny bit where it was joined to the parental root. So stand them eyes uppermost in an egg box. Uh, chit, well, it's a 17th century word for sprout. Or shoot, that's where it comes from. And it will give you a head start. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Uh, main crop potatoes, you don't need to worry too much about them. You can just plant them unchitted. But it is with the first earlies and the second earlies where you want to try and get those potatoes out of the ground quicker to eat them because you're eager. The rest of them, the main crops, are going to stay in there quite a long while before you store them. So it's less essential with them. Where do you need to put them? Well, try and put them in a light spot inside. Oh, a spare bedroom window is quite good. They like it to be light to get them to sprout and they want to be frost free that's the most important thing and that way when those sprouts are half an inch to an inch long you can get out and you can plant them generally speaking march april always wait until the soil is hospitable don't get out there because it says it's going to be planted sometime in march and it's the 31st and the soil's horrible but i'm getting a bit no don't do that you're far better off waiting until the soil is hospitable to them and planting them with those sprouts uppermost about a foot apart in rows two to three feet apart. I tend to plant my first dillies first, followed on by my seconds. So, you know, I will get home garden first, then I'll get my charlottes in, but there's generally only a couple of weeks in between them. And the best way to plant them is really to take out a shallow trench, put a line along the ground, and then use a hoe or a spade. I use a spade and just take out a shallow trench right the way along. Generally speaking, about three or four inches deep. Space the tubers a foot apart, eyes uppermost, shoots uppermost, and then backfill to cover it up. And then, what happens? Oh, you go inside and you wait until you potato it. No, you've got to be a little bit more careful with them than that. They always say that potatoes clean the ground for you if it's new earth. They don't. 
you clean the ground by virtue of your cultivation activities. And what you do is as soon as you see those shoots beginning to push up through the surface of the soil, go out with something called a draw hoe. You can use a spade if you don't have a draw hoe and flick up a bit of soil to cover those shoots. Two reasons. The first is that potato shoots are susceptible to frost damage and they often emerge when danger of frost is still there. So throwing a bit of soil over them will do them no harm at all, it'll just give them a bit of insulation. Then they'll push up again and you might have to throw a bit more soil over them because you're going to grow those potatoes in, by virtue of you throwing the soil up, ridges. And what that ridge does, apart from in the early stages, protecting the spud shoots from frost, is it stops light getting to the potato roots, to the tubers themselves, the new ones that are forming. When light hits potato tubers, you've seen it yourself, they go green. And not only do they taste a bit sharp and nasty, green spuds are quite poisonous. So by earthing up your potatoes and making sure that soil covers them and they don't get any light to them, you'll have tasty potatoes and potatoes which are white and not green. You can do it two or three times until you've got a ridge which is about, mm, about nine inches high. That's about 23 centimetres. And after that, you're absolutely fine. You can leave them alone. Really big potatoes for baking. They will keep growing on your main crop plants, which go on right the way into the summer. Whereas you're harvesting your first earlies and second earlies for those greedy first helpings sometime during June and July. Of course, the big question is, how do you know when they're ready to harvest? Because you can't see for all that foliage. Well, one good rule of thumb is often when the potato plant is flowering, that's generally speaking, when there are some harvestable tubers below the ground. But if you can't wait that long, have a fertile. Get a fork out or a trowel out and just scrape away some of the soil in that ridge until you can find something worth eating. If they're all too tiny and only about as big as a gobstopper, leave them a bit longer. Don't be too greedy. But then, as soon as they start to be ready to harvest, dig a few roots up as you need them. And you can start at one end of the row. Chop the top growth off first and compost it. It makes good compost. Potato horm. H-A-U-L-M. Unusual word, isn't it? Nothing else seems to be called horm except that of potatoes. But compost the foliage, along with everything else, your lawn mowings and all your other annual weeds and stuff. Um, and use the earlies, the first and second earlies, as you need them. And then when it comes to storing, you'll find there's a certain point in the year where slugs, those little tiny black keel slugs, start to take a great interest in your potatoes that are still growing in the ground. That's the point at which, or ideally just before that point, that you need to get them up and store them so that you eat them rather than the slugs. And the way to store them... Dig them up, leave them on the surface of the soil for a few hours so that they dry off and they're not too muddy with any luck. If it's pouring down outside, bring them in, dry them off a bit in the, in the potting shed or your greenhouse and then store them in thick paper sacks in the dark. If you store them in the light, potato tubers sprout and you don't want that. You want to keep them unsprouted right the way through the winters. Earlies you can store for a little while but it's the main crops which will store longest to make the bigger potatoes and that way you can make sure by starting on your earlies and keep eating them and storing your main crops that potatoes will see you right the way through the year. Do make sure when you're harvesting them you get every tuber out. There are always one or two that pop up next year. Volunteers, we call them. Don't know why. 
But the important thing to do is to make sure that you've got them all out and that next year you grow something different on the spot rather than growing the same crop on the same patch of ground every year. If you want to grow potatoes in containers, you can do it quite simply in a sack of compost. Stand it right way up, slit across the top, roll the sides down, stamp it about a bit so it settles and will stand upright. And then you can plant three seed potatoes in a bag of compost and they'll produce quite a hefty crop. You'll be quite surprised. Just make sure there are one or two drainage holes in the bottom so that they don't get waterlogged. And you can grow them outside or on a patio even on a doorstep. Just make sure they don't go short of water while they're growing. And as far as telling whether they're ready, if you want, you can make a slit with a knife, lower down the bag, and fertile inside with your fingers to see if you can feel anything. And if you can't, pull your hand out and then use a bit of sticky tape to stick it back and try again a few weeks later. There aren't too many pests and diseases that attack potatoes, but the worst of the lot is potato blight. It was the thing that caused the Irish potato famine, as a result of which a million people died way back in the 19th century. It was the most dreadful thing, and it happens when we get something called a Beaufort period. It's a period when atmospheric humidity reaches a certain point, and then the fungus disease which causes potato blight attacks them. It also attacks tomatoes. You may well have noticed it. Last year, a lot of outdoor tomato plants in the country just went black almost overnight. Nothing you could do about it. The plants were useless. If it happens to potatoes, you'll see the foliage beginning to go black. The thing to do is to cut it off right at the point at which it meets the soil, and that way you will hopefully prevent the potato blight from spreading to the tubers. If it does spread to the tubers and they go black, you can't store them and they're not worth eating. So that is the important thing to remember about potato blight. Act quickly, and then with any luck, you won't lose your entire crop. Scab is a disease which attacks the outside of the potato, and it is exactly what it says. It makes little scabs. The easiest thing to do is to peel your potatoes. The scabs will be removed, and there's no further damage. And the potatoes themselves will be every bit as delicious in spite of the attack. One common mistake that people do sometimes make is getting their potatoes in too early, when the soil is too cold and too wet. You wouldn't like it, and they don't like it, so just be a little bit patient by waiting that little bit longer and getting them in when the soil has begun to warm up and the moisture is still there. They'll overtake those that you put in earlier. And my trade secret? Be patient. You're going to get a fabulous crop, particularly if you grow a variety you know you like the taste of. For me, as I say, that would always be Charlotte. There are two crops on my veg patch I would never be without. The onion is one, but the potato is most certainly the other. They may be easy enough to buy in the shops, but until you've grown your own, you've dug up those first earlies, you've boiled them and smothered them in butter and put them on a plate and looked at your other half across the table and smiled. <gasps> you've not tasted a potato. That's it from me. Till the next time, whatever the weather, enjoy your garden. 
You've been listening to Tea Break Tutorials with me, Alan Titchmarsh, produced by Lucy Ditchmont for BBC Gardener's World magazine 